0: Hey everybody! What's up? Eric Beer here with Performance Marketer Podcast, and today is going to be a very different theme than the normal show that we do here on the Performance Marketer Podcast. Performance marketers are are people. We're people. We we get faced with a lot of hard decisions in life, and uh, for me, I had one of those this past week, and I thought it was important that we come and. We talk about it. So I'm going to talk about one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make in my life and the five lessons that I learned from having to make this decision. Now, for many, 2020 has been hard. COVID-19 is like nothing we've ever seen in our entire lives since I was born. It's changed life and we'll never, ever, ever know what it was like before. Again, this is something that made a change and, and it's going to go on forever. It was a a moment in life where this COVID-19 really rocked this world. And for a lot of people, they've, they've had some, some hard ways, some hard days, some losses in the family. Maybe work has been really bad and you're struggling and you're inside and, and you're, you're depressed. It's been hard. And most people I talk to cannot wait for 2020 to end because of all we've been through. And for me and my family, it's ending on a sad note. 2020's been, um, hasn't been great, but this last week has, um, made 2020, uh, a year we'll never forget, December 17th. And what it is, is, uh. Our dog, Cody, whom we've had for 16 years old, he was diagnosed with congestive heart failure about a month ago. And uh, we were faced with the question of how do you know if and when we should euthanize our loving dog? So today, I'm gonna talk about the five lessons that I learned when having to make one of the hardest decisions of my adult life. When we come back,
1: I spent the last 17 years building my eight figure performance business without using any of my own money, working with some of the most brilliant direct response marketers in the world today. Now I'm looking for entrepreneurs to join my affiliate army built on ethics, transparency, and good old hard work. Join me to change the perception of how people view the greatest business in the world, affiliate marketing, and follow along as I learn, apply, and share performance marketing strategies working with some of the brightest people on the planet. My name is Eric Beer, and welcome to the Performance Marketer Podcast.
0: Some of you may be animal lovers, some of you may not. The ones that are will will understand this a lot more than the ones that are not. But before I get into this uh, and talk about all these decisions that we had to make, I got to give you a bit of a backstory. Right, growing up, I've always had pets. Uh, I've had dogs. I had a when I when I was born, my parents had a dog. It's like a Lassie dog whose name was Tara, and then we had a, a chihuahua that was black with white stripes and called him Midnight. Uh, he used to eat all my friends' feet running inside and outside my house. And just, he was, he was a pretty nasty dog, but you know, we got along. Uh, but he was, he was a tough one, but I loved him. And he passed away in my mom's arms on the way to the ER uh, many, many years ago. And then we ended up getting another dog, a shih Tzu, named Bailey. My sister brought him home from college. And that was many years ago. And Bailey lived for 18 years. And the beautiful thing about chihuahuas is that they do live for a long time. But um the thing is is that when we got my dog Cody, it was it was different. And I loved all my dogs. I loved all my pets. We had a cat which I wasn't a big fan of. Uh we actually named the cat Lenny. Um if anybody saw of mice of men and uh yeah, that was a uh, an inside Joke in our family, but um, for another day. And I wasn't a fan. I'm not a big fan uh, of cats. I'm big. I'm more of a dog lover. I get it. If people love them, they're more independent. But for me, dogs hit the spot. And for Allie and I, we both grew up with dogs, and we wanted them. And we were just recently married, and Allie was pregnant with Ashley, and we were just kind of living that that newlywed life just running around and one time we were at a pet store and we saw all these these shih tzus and cute dogs and we were like should we get one should we get one and and we're just like no way we're gonna we're gonna have a a baby in in like eight months from now six months from now No no way um (laughs) that'd be crazy and uh we didn't do it we went home and uh one night we were lying in bed and Allie and I were cuddling and she just was laying there on me and she kind of like smacked my chest belly and was like man we should have got him he was so cute that dog was so so cute and of course the minute she said that anybody knows me i'm like all right i'm going back to get this dog and trying to do it as as a surprise if i possibly can right so we go to sleep and one day after work my dad and i my dad comes with me and we we go to buy this this dog and it's taking forever and i'm not telling ali i'm trying to surprise her and uh She's calling me and calling me and I'm not picking up because I I know that she'll figure it out and she's starting to like get nervous to a point where I'm like, oh dad, this is crazy. And uh, I had my dad call her to just kind of give her a heads up that uh, we were together doing something. But so we end up buying this dog, this little Shih Tzu. He's so cute, he's like this little thing. And uh, she doesn't know this yet. And at this time we lived in a townhouse and it was like different levels and the kitchen was on the second level, and uh, she was in the kitchen, and when I come home, I get there, I, I walk in, I kind of walk up the stairs, and I put this little this little thing onto the the wood floor, and I want him to walk in to the kitchen, and uh, the thing just sits there. <laughs> I'm like, dude, go, go, like walk, like you're you ruining the surprise, go, and uh, he wouldn't walk, he just would sit there, he was so freaking cute, but like he just wouldn't move, so I, so I, I took him like this, and I literally kind of just like, with like a shot put, I just like boom, and he he just kind of like slid across the floor, and our kitchen was to the right where Allie was, and all of a sudden, all I hear is, oh my God, what did you do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we did it. And she like was like, "Free! Oh my God! What did you do? I can't believe you got him!" I was like, "You told me you wanted him." She's like, "No, I didn't mean it." I was like, "Yeah, you did." But so, uh, whatever. It was it was just kind of funny the way it all went down. She she wanted them, but she would never pull the trigger, and that's why she married me so that I would pull the trigger. So that's how it all got started. And that was about six eight months before we had Ashley. And um, you know, there's something about getting a dog. In your adult life, that's, yours, that's different than when you're, you're growing up with your dogs. It's, it's just, you know, like you grow up with your dogs, your dogs all love like your father or your mother, and they're the ones, right? But when you get a dog, all of a sudden, like, you're, you're that dog's guy, right? You're, you're their best friend. They, they love you. They'll do anything for you. They love everybody in the family, but they love you. And um, for Allie and I, that was literally the first addition to our family at the time. And uh, yeah, I mean, that journey since that time has been with Cody and from literally he's, he's been with us from, from Ashley being born to Zach being born to um, living in a townhouse to another house, to building a house, to my many jobs, to then uh, me starting my own business, uh, holidays, new friends, terrible times. Amazing times. I mean, it's just thinking about the amount of time we've had with him is is just 16 years of just, oh my God, you know, oh my God. Like my kids don't know anything about what life's like without Cody. And um, thankfully, in the 16 years, we really never had anything that was so serious. He had some allergies and he had these skin problems. Ugh, skin problems, it was crazy. Believe it or not, dogs. There are all these specialties, and he had a dermatologist. My dog, uh, Cody. I would drive him out into Middle Jersey to this amazing uh, veterinarian who's specialized in, in dermatology. And every time I went, it was anywhere from like five hundred to seven hundred dollars. And it would happen time in and time out for forever, and it was crazy. And he would get itchy, and he would have to take stuff, and then his ears would get infected. It was it was a whole whole to do, and that was like. The extent of any real issues we've ever had with him and up until about a month ago around November 14 15 16 14th and 15th was a weekend right so it was Saturday and Sunday and he was just like breathing heavy you, you just saw it like he was uncomfortable something was up and and we were watching him but we didn't really do much we never really thought much to it we knew he's 16 years old right 16. In 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 human years, that's 112 years old. That's pretty old, right? <laughs> but my other dog, Cody uh, Bailey, lived till 18. So you know, Shih Tzu's are known to to live for a pretty long time. And you know, I'm just watching him, and he's breathing heavy, and it's weird. And I wake up on Monday morning, and he looks just he looks bad. So I get a little nervous. So I just start making some phone calls to to different people. Um We have a family friend that's a vet, so I, I ask her, and then she was like, "You should take him to an ER." So I end up taking him to an ER across the bridge in Westchester. And um, it ends up where they're, they're immediately, they're like, have you ever been told that he had a heart murmur? And um, he was diagnosed with um, congestive heart failure. And, like, he was acting weird. Like, normally he's just, like, he does everything for us. And he just, like, just kind of lying there. Like, if I, if I would go to pet him, his tail would, would wag. And, you know, anything, even when he was, like, getting a shot, if I, if I pet him, his tail would wear because I'm there. And he just, it wasn't happening. He wasn't responding. And it was just, he was breathing so heavy, and I think that, like, oxygen wasn't going to his head. They ended up keeping him there for two days. Um, overnight, he was in an oxygen tank. And before we left on that Monday, I actually called the kids in Alley Down, and I didn't know if I was taking them home. I said, you guys should say goodbye. I don't know if this is the last time I'm ever going to see him. And it was sad. And the kids were like, what? And Ashley and Zach came down. Allie came down. And they were just like kissing and hugging him. And, and, you know, it was like, holy cow. And just like, I'm saying goodbye to this dog like forever? Like, whoa, what? I don't know. give me a heads up. And I just, I didn't know, right? I had no idea what was going on. And he's 16 years old. Well, so those two days go by. He's there. And then... um the good news is they say that it's treatable. So that was encouraging. And I went to go pick him up with, with Zach, right? Zach's 12 years old. And the vet says straight up to us, um, listen, he's coming home. He's got this congestive heart failure, but um, you know he's got a year left to live, tops, but he could die any moment. And I was like, whoa, Like, I wasn't ready for that. You know, I thought like we were out of the woods when they were telling me it was, was treatable and I was, I was happy that that's what it was. But then they said that and I was like, whoa, and that, that kind of freaked me out a little bit. But we took him home and he was, he was lethargic and, and just a little bit out of it. But the minute we started to pull into our driveway and he saw our home and he realized he was home, you know, you could tell like his spirits got better and his, he got excited. And as far as I was concerned, I looked at it as, as we had some borrowed time with him. I didn't know how long, but it was borrowed time. And I said that to the kids and Allie, and I was like, you know, listen, we're lucky to to, to have him here. We we thought we were saying goodbye, you know, and we don't know for how long. And at at this point now, he's not great. So like I mean, we're like watching him, we're freaking out. The first night he was not great and I just I couldn't sleep. I was like watching him every like every hour get up and just make sure he was breathing and he was okay and and, and it was it was scary. But he had this like miraculous recovery within like, you know, a day and a half to two days. He, he was good. Like, he was back to himself. I mean, he wasn't like a puppy running around, but like, you know, he was barking, he was eating, he was, he was, you know, jumping up and down. I'd take him out and then he would not want to get his medicine and run upstairs and I had to run after him. And it was just like, hey, you know, he'd bark at me when he wants food off the table. And things were good. Things were going great. And uh, until this past, this past weekend, on Saturday he started to um he started to look like he did that first time, but he started breathing really heavy. Really, like his stomach was going in and out, and he was just out of it and he started to have these seizures where he was just like screaming and and he would like like go and, like like just like first his body would go like this, then he would fall over to the side and it was just one, then it would start, and the next day would be two and then three and then to the point where it was like he would be sitting down, his bowel movements at least one to two times a night would be just everywhere, and he didn't care. I'd take him out; he'd, he'd, he couldn't even stand, and his back legs weren't strong enough, and he'd fall over. And um, you know, it was just like, "Oi, like this is not good." And um, in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, "Listen, he's 16 years old, and as much as I don't want him to go, I was hoping he would just like, if he was gonna go, like just peacefully in his sleep." I'd wake up one morning and, and he'd be be on wherever he else he was going his next his next stop right if you believe in heaven and um, it wasn't the case he's a fighter and he was a fighter and what happens with these pets is they they fight it right like they they start to see the decrease and they're not they don't just just die they 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 fight it and um, that brought us to where we were faced with a question of do we euthanize him? Before I even, I don't know if anybody even knows what that is. Euthanasia, which is a, a term that's commonly used in pets. And what it is, is it you're putting a live animal to sleep. Um, you're putting them out of their misery to death. And um, usually, you know, it's done in dogs, cats, horses, things like that. And um, that's, think about that. Like, you're, you're you're making the decision that it's time. And like, um, I'm just not I'm not a believer in that. Like I'm a guy that like I I want to fight. If I'm on a machine, keep me there. Let me fight because I'm going to find my way back. Like I I just I would. uh, Everybody has their feelings on it. Some people are like, just let me go, and and be hard for me if someone made me do that because I'm a believer that you can come back and I'll wait till you come back. If I love you, you know I want you back, and you know we're gonna be there. I'll be by your side, and we'll, we'll you know you're gonna fight it. Right. And, you know, for me to make this decision, it was scary. So it's, I started to look at all the questions. I started doing research on, on these things. And it was asking yourself, um, has his behavior changed? The answer is yes. How often? All the time now. Right. Um, is his mobility declining? I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't walk. His back legs were, were out where he would start to walk and then he just would like sit down because he couldn't, he couldn't walk. How was his emotional state? He wasn't happy. I mean, he wasn't happy. He was trying to be, you know, like as a dog, you, you come and you pet him and he's in the most pain and his, t- and his tail wags. And you're like, oh my God, man, like he's miserable, but he's, he's, he's tails wagging. Like he's happy because you're touching him. But for the most part, he was not the same and um, he doesn't even play with us. He wasn't eating the last three days. He started to cry and whine and that was telling us he was in pain and all these questions. We're making us bounce back and forth. Of do we do this? Do we make this decision to euthanize him? And uh, the answer was yes. We did, and that was on Wednesday when we decided. And um, we didn't want to take him anywhere. We wanted them to come to our house. We wanted them to do it in our house. We didn't want to get him in a car and make him start thinking like what's going on, whatever. So um, we were able to get our, our family friend, who's a vet, Susan, who's great. And so appreciative that what she did for our family and she was amazing. But she um she was want to come over, but she was working that day. And so we had to wait another day. So that whole day, he was struggling a little bit. we started to like think about, all right, what do we do? Like how do we give him something that if it's your last moment, you know, like it's like do you give him steak, do you give him you know, let him run around. But like he was in such a bad place that there was none of that. We couldn't do anything fun with him, we couldn't give him anything. And um For me, like it was good, like dragging it out, that helps me. Like I needed validation that we were making the right decision because it's, it's hard. You know, it's hard. Like you're, you're, you're taking away a life. So, you know, before we were ever going to do this, all four of us needed to decide that we were making the right decision and we wanted to do this. So between Allie, myself, Ashley, and Zach, we all had to agree that. We were going to euthanize Cody, otherwise um, it wasn't happening. And Susan came the next day, we did it, and I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, uh, it's personal with the family and it was sad, but you know, for the most part, it was the first time I've ever seen something like this. It was fast, he didn't, he didn't know what was happening. By the time they, they injected him, within seconds, I mean, under 10 seconds, his heart stopped. So like, he was okay right, like he, he finally like was like at peace, like we all four of us sat around and we were holding him. Um, he had love while it was happening. like he saw all of us as much as he could. but now he's, now he's not suffering anymore, and there's no more pain. Now, to say that I was devastated about his loss is an understatement, all of us. And I'm not depressed, but I'm just, I'm just sad it 's just it 's just a sad thing, and the decision by making that made me realize some things. This is the first lesson I learned, and that is when you 're making hard decisions, when life gets tough and you have to make those hard decisions, you become emotional, and emotions will get in the way of you making these difficult choices, and you don 't want to make them but if you take a step back and try to take the emotion out of the decision that you're making, there are signs, there's always signs on what you need to do, right? Your, your, your subconscious knows what you need to do when you're making these hard decisions. And you may not want to admit it to yourself at first, but it doesn't mean it's not there. And you eventually figure it out, right? It doesn't mean that you have to like the decision that you're gonna make, right? You, you make that decision when you're ready. You you do it. You got to do it. And when you do it, you have to trust your instincts that you're making the right decision. You can't second guess yourself, right? And then when you do that, you never look back. And once you make that decision, you don't do the ifs and buts because that just does nobody any good. Could I have done something different to make him feel better? Could I have taken him to somewhere and they could have made him? You don't do any of that. The lesson learned here is when you have a hard decision and you're making these, you make that decision and you don't look back and you move on. That's number one. Number two, when you're grieving, it's a personal thing. And I I I watched, you know, my kids who I haven't seen really ever grieve, right? And, and Allie. We all we're all different. Allie, Ashley, Zach. We all grieve differently, right? We're all deeply, deeply upset, right? But we all do it and show it in our own way, right some some might keep busy, some may just try to think of anything but what's going on. Others are crying their eyes out, others don't cry at all. Uh, some people may may get angry, but the lesson I learned is there's no right or wrong way to grieve, you know just because you feel a certain way on how you're gonna grieve from a loss of somebody and somebody else does it differently, doesn't mean they're wrong. It's just the way that they handle the situation. So I thought that was really important just to, to bring up for if anybody's going through this kind of stuff and you may think somebody's insensitive. It's just they're, they're different. They're sad. They're just as sad, but they're different. And you can see the difference between somebody who, who really cares versus someone that doesn't care. And I know my family all loved Cody. But we all we all grieve differently. We all handle it differently. In, in stressful times, we get upset, and you know might like get upset at each other and, and screaming and stuff like that. And it's not it's just not worth it, right? Um, you, you're all going through a hard time, and we were going through a hard time. And, and my lesson was that you have to respect that everybody grieves differently, and that's how they do it. And uh, it's not a right thing or a wrong thing. You just it is what it is. Now, the third thing that I realized, <laughs> which Unfortunately, I've been through loss before, but just doing a little research and looking at you know how this all works, there's frameworks to how people grief. There's a way that you learn to live with loss, and these tools that help us frame and identify how we're feeling are stages. There's five stages that they say. There's, and in no particular order, It's not linear. You don't have to follow it the exact, but there's the denial stage, there's the anger stage, there's the bargaining stage, there's the depression stage, and there's the acceptance stage, right? Those five things are how you're going to be feeling when when you're about to lose somebody or something in some way and you're upset. And for me, I'm in the acceptance stage. I'm accepting it, you know? I'm I'm just sad. I'm just like really, really sad. Like I... I just, I'll be in my office and look at where he used to sit next to me and I just start to cry. You know, and it's just sad that we lost somebody that we loved. And I just can't believe he's gone. You know, it's like, um, we have these routines. <laughs> I mean, I still, last night, I, like, I'm used to taking him out before we eat. And I'm just like thinking about like, oh, what do I got to do? Um, and I would have to give him his medicine. And I'm like, I had this anxiety every time I had to give it to him because he wouldn't take his pills. And like, it was still there. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I know he's not... With us, but it's still like, uh, oh my god! And I was saying I, like I feel like like, I, like almost like I got laid off, like I like I'm free of something, some responsibility, right? And you know, I walk him in the AM, I walk him in the PM, I give him this medicine, I feed him the treats, like all of these things that uh, go along with a dog and the responsibilities were gone now, and I still feel like I have to do it, but it's just it's just weird, and um, you know, and I start to think about all these different moments, and it just gets really, really sad. And the thing is with these dogs is like they're part of every aspect of our lives. When you wake up, they're there. When you go to bed, your pets are there. They're there when you have your good times and they're there when you have your sad times. The thing is about these dogs is they're they're constant. They're your cheerleader. They're your biggest supporter, right? Cody to me was like My guy, like he would look at me, and we just get each other. You know, I feel like I'm like I'm actually having a conversation with him. Obviously, my dog has never said a word, but I feel like we got each other. You know, and to him, I could do no wrong. I could be disciplining him, and he'll wag his tail. You know, like it just when I had to take him somewhere. If I took him to a vet, he would just stand there for me and let them like pluck him with with needles and, and do all these things. And I was just, he was such a good dog. And, you know, I was looking at this and and I saw a study that, that said that for a lot of people, they call it a loss of a companion animal is often taking a much greater toll on people than the loss of a family member. Now, I'm not sure about that. I know like people are passionate about their pets, right? But for me, for Cody, he wasn't a companion animal. He was so much more than that. He was he was part of our family, right? And I get it, some people, the people that don't care for pets, they're gonna say, dude, you you need to just get over this. He was just a dog, like, come on, man. But he wasn't just a dog to us. To us, Cody's family, he was our friend. He was a brother, he was a son right? He was an endless supporter of us when things were bad. When things were bad, you could hug this little thing and it just make you feel better, right? He went through a lot with us and a piece of me when he died, died with him. He was part of me and and he died and I had a piece of me that went with him. And I think I feel like my kids and Ali feel the same way. I don't know if they would voice it that way, but I do believe that. And I'd say the lesson learned in this scenario, my third lesson here, is I don't like to lose anybody. I actually hate it. I hate the hurt. I hate the pain. But what I did learn is you you have to accept it. There, There's loss. You're born and you're going to die. And you have to accept it. And the sooner you accept it, the sooner you can kind of just let yourself grieve and get past it. But for me, it was all about accepting that this is happening and um, realizing this is what life's going to be like from now on. And it's hard, but that, that is what it is. That's life. And number four for me was the question of, okay, I accepted it, but when does the sadness go away? And for everyone, it's, it's different. The timelines are different. <laughs> Believe it or not, like, it's my mom... My mom passed away in two thousand and four, right before Ashley and Cody were here. And um it's been, you know, seventeen years since I said goodbye to my mom. And uh I don't openly cry or get all upset when, when people speak about her here or there. You know, moments happen where I'll I'll kinda just smile to myself. I'll get this, this this feeling of, like, nostalgia or some, like, happy wistfulness. But she's gone, right? And when I cry, I cry not as much as because I'm sad, because there's no doubt I'm sad, but it's, it's almost I'm crying from, like, happy times, from, like, happy memories. And we just had this with Cody, right? He just... This happened yesterday, right? I still think of like them when you, when they were done. His body was just there. Just they like carried him out, and it was just like it was such a bug out to me. Like I, I just was like staring at him, and his body was there, but he was gone. And uh, the lesson that I learned, and I kind of knew this already, so I think it's more for you guys than me. But when you ask yourself, when when will it end? When will this sadness end? The answer to me is never. <laughs> You're gonna never, ever, ever get over your loss. I never got over losing my mom, and I'm never gonna get over losing Cody. And they're not the same thing. I'm not even close, right? My my mom's my mom, but Cody's just different. But he's part of my family. And I know from from mourning my mother that it gets easier, right? Yum, it gets easier. It takes time, but it gets easier. It doesn't mean you don't care. You just learn how to deal with it better. You learn how to live life in a different way, right? A piece of you died, a major part of your life changing, and you just you kind of learn how to how to how to live life without that loved one. You know, something will come up, and every once in a while, you might cry or laugh. Right? For me, I love talking about my mom. I love when people bring up my mom. You know, some people are weird about death, and and, and you know, for me, it's like. I love it, but like when when people bring it up, I get this like feeling in my body. It's like I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like this uncomfortable feeling of like sadness and happiness, and it's just like oh my god. Or like you know, someone would be like, oh my god, your mom would be so proud of you, and and um, you know, I'll just I think about that, and it makes me happy because I think about it as the more successful I can be, the more things I can do, the more good things I can do for people, and then. Maybe I change somebody's life, make an impact on your life and help you with whatever you need. And then people who know me, who knew me when I was growing up, my mom will say to me, you know, well, your mom would be so proud. Well, by me helping you and making an impact in your life and then becoming successful has triggered somebody to come up to me and talk about my mom. And that's part of a motivation for me. And, um, it's meaningful. It's meaningful. And the same thing goes for. For Cody in a completely different way like his legacy is going to live on within me Allie, Ashley Zach. I just ordered like a a figurine like they make these like 3d figurines of Cody I did it before he passed away actually and it was a freaking fortune but I just wanted it I did it for 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 Cody and I did it for our family so I'm pretty excited to see and that that's another that's way that's like geez like three or four times as expensive it's such a I feel like it's a ripoff, but I, I think it's something that'll be awesome when I get it. Forever we'll have it, and they do these like replicas of of the dog exactly. You give them the pictures or your family, and I did it of him. And um, we're gonna get it. We're gonna have Cody. We have a they did a paw print, and we'll have that forever. But Cody, Cody's still gonna be gone. But we're never gonna forget, at all, ever. You know, people are like, oh, will will you ever get another dog? I can say with absolute certainty. The answer is yes. There's not even a question in my mind that we will get another dog, and it's not to replace Cody. No one can ever replace him. He was Ali, and my first dog, my first adult dog. He was the dog that, like my kids, got introduced to loving a pet. Um, you know, he bit Zach's face like four or five times because Zach would just him and, him and Zach and Cody had this relationship where. Zach would just put his face into Cody's face and we'd tell Zach to stop and he'd say, I'm not going to listen to you. And he'd put his face there and he would bite him. And, you know, Cody was the nicest dog in the world. He would not bite anybody. But for some reason, Zach and Cody had this thing Um, and he just wouldn't stop. And until like up to this year, almost like a, I think like a month or two ago, he like nipped Zach's face and I was like, Zach, how many times I got to tell you not to put your face in his face? But he loved kissing him. He loved the dog. He just loved them, and uh, you know, like you put your face, you like, get out of here, especially when you're eating something. But it's just funny. But we're not replacing Cody. It's gonna be, it's gonna be different. We're gonna love whatever comes next, but it's gonna be different. And it's just, bottom line is, grief doesn't ever leave you. If you love somebody, that sadness is gonna be there. You're gonna, you make it a song may come on, and you might start to cry or you might start to cry and laugh. And it's just this like feeling, but that to me means like you're alive, that you have, you're feeling something, your emotions are there. And um, I don't ever wanna lose that feeling, right? I, I started feeling guilty at first when I, when I wasn't crying as much for my mom. And I had, to, I had to like take a step back and think about it in a way that was like, I don't need to feel guilty, right? My mom wouldn't want me to feel guilty. She wants me to move on. She wouldn't want me sitting in a room hysterically crying, right? It's not what you'd want. I wouldn't want that. I'd want you to be celebrating me. Yeah, I want you to miss me and care that I'm not here. But I wouldn't want you to like be completely miserable. And I don't think if you guys have ever lost anybody, I don't think they'd want you to be down and out. You'd they'd want you to just pick yourself up and and keep going, persevering and, and be strong, you know, and and love them. But let them let them take that journey with you. So I mean, I, I think. The fourth lesson was, it just, it never ends. It doesn't. It just, it gets easier. And uh, everybody moves at their own pace. And the fifth lesson that I learned from making the hardest decision in my adult life, our whole family's life, is when we ask to never deal with loss is to never love. Now, what that means is I hear people all the time I'll hear families that will say, this is why I will never get a dog. Like, I was going through this thing with Cody. I was in the ER and, and everything that was happening this week. And people would say, this is the exact reason why I would not ever, ever, ever get a dog. And I totally get it, right? They'll say it's too much. I get it. I respect it. I understand exactly where you're coming from. But if you ask me, what would I prefer to not hurt? or to never lose? I mean, of course, sure. I don't want to ever hurt. I don't want to ever lose. But if you also ask me that if I know what it feels like to hurt, if I know what it feels like to lose someone close, and I look back at all the things I've had in my life, between my mom and my dog, would I change anything to avoid those, those pains? And there's not a question in my mind that I would not change a single thing, not a, not even a, a one hair. To me, the lesson for me and for, for anybody that can learn from what I'm going through is a life without loss is a life without love. It, the pain and the sadness is hard, but I'll always, always choose to love, even if I know that there's going to be pain at the end of the road. Because that love outweighs the pain so much more. And I got to tell you, I feel sad for the people that live their life that way. And if that's you, if you're that person listening to this and you're you're afraid because you're afraid to lose, you're afraid to hurt, you're afraid to have pain, then you're living a hollow life. You're not living it to the extent that you can. You know, you get one life, you get one life. And you want to live it. You want to live in the moment. You want to live in the moment and you want to love as much as you possibly can. And if you're hurting, it's inevitable it's going to happen. But the love, is it outweighs it so much more that I just hope anybody listening to this, if you're in that position, maybe rethinks their situation. And not just about being a dog. Or, or getting a dog for your family—it's way deeper than that. It's all—it's whether you're going to start a business and you're afraid that you're going to fail, and you're going to lose something, or you're afraid to get into a relationship with somebody because you're starting to think of what if down the road. You know, these people are just everybody's thinking about what if, what if, what. Well, why are you thinking about what if? You don't even—you don't know what's going to happen. You no, know, could be amazing, and it may not. But that's life. That's that's your journey. So. If there's anything to get out of what I'm going through in my fifth lesson is love as much as you can. Cause for me, as much as this hurts and I'm so upset, I'm so deeply saddened. I would not change a thing about having Cody. And I'm so thankful. And the tears that I have today, which are sadness will turn into joy. And I'll look at it as a gift that I had and we had as a family. So to summarize this. In my five lessons, number one, when you're making a hard decision, the signs are there. You know. The subconscious knows. You just, you just have to pay attention. And when you're ready, you can make that decision. It could be about what we just went through, or it could be about maybe you want to start a business, or maybe you want to take a trip, or something way more serious where you have to leave a job, right? That's a serious, serious decision. Hard decision. How do you know when, when the time's right? Well, you got to ask yourself the questions that I ask myself. And you know the answer already. The answer's there. But you just have to pay attention and um, take a leap of faith. And when you make that decision, do not look back. Do not second guess what you're doing. Make a decision, move forward. Okay? If it works out, awesome. If it doesn't work out, oh, well. Move on. You can't change the past. So stop thinking about it because you can't do anything about it. Second lesson, if you're grieving, everybody's different. There's no right or wrong. So just because you might want to bawl your eyes out and someone else might want to laugh and and not think about it doesn't mean they don't care. It's just their way of of dealing with things. You may not agree with it. You may not like it. It may not rub you the right way when you're around it. And I respect that. And I get it because I feel that way at times. But It's just, it's their, it's their thing. And as long as you know they're genuinely there and then they care, then don't judge them. Everybody has their way of handling things. So just accept that people are different. The third thing is when bad things happen to you, instead of sulking and going through these stages, right? And you can't help it. You can't help how you feel. Sometimes you have to accept some things like, Things that you don't want to happen, you have to accept it. And the sooner you can, can accept things, the sooner you can, you can work on dealing with it and handling it and getting past it. The fourth thing is when you're, you're thinking about something that happened to you that's bad and you're trying to figure out when it's gonna go away and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting, I'm telling you, if you really cared about a person, a pet, or anything, that's something that hurt you so deep. It's never going to go away. It's never. It was genuine. You're hurt for a reason because you loved, you, you, you cared so much. And that's why it hurts so much. So don't think that you have to just like completely stop caring and that's the way you're going to get over it. The opposite is you accept it. You take it. You, you take that pain. You, you, you face it. Time, they say, heals everything, right? And I wouldn't say it heals everything because you don't heal from something. I lost my mom. I don't heal from losing my mom. I accept it. I don't heal from it. The more I, like, if I start thinking about moments, I'll get really upset, right? I learned to deal with it. I accept it. But you shouldn't feel guilty that that you're able to deal with it. And now maybe you don't cry as much. And now you're able to go and, and laugh and have fun. And I know a lot of people that, that feel guilty about that. And I'm telling you right now, you don't have to feel guilty. One, there's no way that they want you to be upset forever, right? They love you. They know that you love them, okay? It's your own inside thoughts that are going on that's making you think that, but that's not the case. If they were here with you today, they'd be like, hey, stop it. Get up. Come on, go have some fun. I don't want you crying about me all the time. Yeah, they don't want you to forget, and you're not. You never forget. You just have to deal with it. And learn from it, but you never, ever, ever get over it, and you never forget. And number five is living without losing something is living without ever loving something, and that's sad for anybody that goes through that and is afraid to take that chance because they're afraid of the loss or the pain. You're 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 thinking about things in the future, and you got to live in the moment, and you got to just. Let yourself be vulnerable. You know, as a parent, you, you, like, you're you a kid, you're running around when when you're younger and you're doing all crazy things, and then you get married and then you have children, and all of a sudden, like it's like one of the words I always think about for me is is just vulnerability. I'm so vulnerable with my children. All parents are, right? We love them. We don't want anything to happen to them, and we're vulnerable about it. But <laughs> they're they're the most amazing things in the world, right? They're my everything. You know, it's just like the dog that I have, I've made myself vulnerable by getting a dog. If I go and get another dog, I'm gonna make myself vulnerable, putting myself in that position. But I'm also putting myself in a position to get so much love out of that, and happiness, and joy. At some point, there's gonna be loss. It's just, that's the, that's the cycle. The thing with, with dogs, they just, typically the human outlives your dog. So you could have multiple dogs in your lifetime. And you're gonna be dealing with with those losses. And they're they're hard, man. They're hard. It's sad. And people don't get it sometimes. they like, it's just a dog. It's not just a dog. Maybe you feel that way, but it's not. To to the people that are upset, it's not. And the if you're out there and you have a dog, you know what I'm talking about. And I don't get mad at the people that that think it's just a dog. Some people like they get really upset and they it's just that's that's their thing, man. Like I can't I can't get you to think what I think. But I don't get mad, you know, just I respect it, just respect me and and how I feel, but the lesson is love, man, love, don't worry about losing whatever it is in your life, love, take that chance, do it, and it it goes from from getting a dog to maybe a relationship with somebody, whether it's going out with somebody or maybe it's your brother or sister you haven't spoken to in a while or a parent, or maybe it's. If you even take it deeper into making a decision in your life that is scary, but if you do it and you love it, then it can be amazing. Maybe, you know, you're scared to quit your job because of all these things in your mind. But like on the flip side, what if you quit your job and amazing stuff happens and now you love it? Do you love what you do? Everything in life, ask yourself, do I love this? You have one life. Make sure whatever you're doing you're passionate about, that you love it. I mean, this this show today really it, it's not a it's not about how to make money and being a performance marketer, but performance marketers are people. And if you want to take anything from that, it's, you know, I love what I do. I think one of the reasons why I'm successful is because I like what I do. I love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. And I'm I'm just Thankful that I found something that I that I enjoy to do, you know. It's like I just don't know how people do it. In school, I just wasn't a great student, but I didn't like it. I didn't love it. I wasn't into it. So how could I be good at something that I don't like to do? How could you be good at something you don't like to do? So make sure let love come into your life. Become vulnerable. It's okay. There's going to be a lot of good things that's going to happen. So for Cody, R.I.P. Cody. I love you, man. You're gonna be in my heart forever. Here, Thank you for the memories. I love you. Thank you. My, 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 we all love you. We're going to miss you. It's sad. I don't want to cry right now, so I'm going to try to move on here. But for anyone else that's going through loss, I want you to know that I get it. I understand where you're at because I'm there. It hurts. It's lonely. It's sad. And my advice to you is take all the time that you need to deal with it. Right? Everybody's different. We're gonna, we're all gonna handle it in a different way. Do not let anybody tell you that you should stop hurting or when you should stop hurting. And there's, there's a time limit on it. That's just, that's not right. And I'm here to tell you that it's okay. It's okay to hurt, right? But know this, whatever's going on in your life, if something is bad or you're hurting, you have pain, you're down, it gets easier. Time doesn't heal things, but Time does help you learn how to cope. It learns how to, how to live with whatever's happening to you. Life changes. Things changing all the time. The, the sooner you realize that, that change is inevitable, the sooner you're going to be better off. A lot of people would just, they want to like freeze time and hope that never, nothing changes. And I've been training myself to always accept change. And yeah, it's great. But if you, if you, if you can freeze time, it ain't going to happen. Everything changes all the time, forever. And the more you embrace it, the more you embrace change, the better off you're going to be. And don't feel guilty for being okay. If you get yourself out of where, your, your, your sadness, your, your, your place of pain, and now you're okay, don't feel guilty about it. You're not doing anything wrong. As a matter of fact, if, you, if you're mourning somebody, they're going to be thrilled that you're better. They're praying and rooting for you that you're going to be better. We don't forget, we never forget, we never, ever, ever stop loving, but we learn how to accept it, we learn how to live with it, because now, your journey is their journey. Their legacy lives within you, and now, if you think about it, you should be stronger than ever, all right? So for me, our family, for Cody, who we just lost yesterday and had to make like a ridiculously hard decision... He's going to live on with us forever. He's going to live on with us. We're going to get other dogs. And uh, we're always going to talk about Cody. They're not going to replace Cody. He's going to be different. And uh, I'm sad right now, but I'll get better. I can't wait for 2020 to end. I'm ready. I'm ready for 2021. This is it. December 17th is going to be a day for, for our family forever where we're going to think about Cody. But... um at some point in time, we're going to be able to do it in a way that we're going to celebrate him instead of being sad and upset. So I hope this touched somebody out there today. Uh, it's a little bit different than the normal show, but I'm, I'm going to do what I'm feeling and when I feel it, and I feel like this is important. And um, I think this can make a difference in somebody's life, it's one person. If this makes a difference in one person's life and it helps them, then it means everything right? It's not always about just making money. We all want to make money, right? We all want to learn how to make money and do things. But, you know, life is life. And I need to be me. I want you guys to know who I am and what I'm about and where I come from, how I feel, so that you can understand, you know, how I make decisions and how how I get to wherever I go. And for the success that I'm having, you can see, you know, the mindset. Because the secret to success is mindset. 90% of all success comes in here. It all starts there. Yeah, you gotta be smart. Yeah, you gotta work your butt off. Yeah, you gotta be talented. Yeah, 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 all this stuff. It all starts within here. You gotta convince yourself. You have to believe that it's, that you can do whatever it is that you want to do. And it's not a fake convince yourself. It's a real, you believe. You, you believe that you can do it. And when you, when you get to that point, it's, it's powerful. There's no stopping you. If you believe in something, you find somebody that believes in something, think about it. That person is a force to be reckoned with. And when I see it, I've seen people when they believe, and I know that they're going to make it. They just got to stay the path and, and persevere, right? And it gets hard, but it's all in your mind. It all starts with you. People don't naturally want you to succeed, right? They're envious. You know, some people out there are are just, it's not nice. You know, I I want you to succeed. I'm rooting for you, right? But the only one who's going to get you to do it is you. So um, if there's anything to take away from this, from the performance marketing side, from the entrepreneurial side, is uh, learn to love and go for it. Live in the moment because you have one life and you want to make it worth
1: living. So
0: I hope it was, was helpful. I hope you guys got some value out of this. Good luck with the rest of the year. Hopefully 2020 treats you guys well. And uh, let's kick butt. Let's get ready for 2021. It's going to be a huge year for everyone, for all of us. Everyone listening to this It's going to be a huge year for me, huge year for you guys. So uh, have some fun for the last few weeks and uh, get ready for a big, big year. It's going to be amazing for you guys. All right. Thanks for listening. Take care.
1: Would you like to learn how I built my business using other people's money? If so, then go join my 21-day challenge at performancemarketerssecrets.com. I look forward to meeting you and welcoming you into my family. And remember, results don't lie, but the people who don't have any do. Thanks for listening.